everybody. Welcome to a new episode of Two Drunk Fans. We have seven games to get through. Uh, we've got some score predictions coming up, and we've got our regular yearly complaint about the NWSL Disciplinary Committee. But before that, Gab, what are you drinking? Right now, water, but I was having cider earlier. It's uh, first Thursday in Portland. Well, I guess it's first Thursday everywhere, but first Thursday is an event in Portland. And so I went to a few art shows and had a few ciders. And so now I got the sleepies. But we're going to talk about Woso. Uh, what have you, and we're later than normal. Um, what are you drinking at this point in the morning? Well, it's technically 12.30 a.m. here. Uh, I'm drinking raspberry lime seltzer. I picked it up on the way home. I just got out of a movie because I went to go see Ant-Man and the Wasp. How was it? It was fun. Evangeline Lilly looked really good. She had some really good, like, coat situations. I love, like, women wearing nice jackets. It's a very specific thing, I know, but she looked good. So. <laughs> Thumb down. Anyway. So. Look- <laughs> Seven games. Seven games to get through. And you've got the sleepies. I'm sure you yawning at the top of the podcast did not just set off a chain reaction of listener yawns as well. No, not at all. So let's just it out. Let's just zoom right through. Wednesday, three games. Orlando Ed- Pride edited it. Edited. Orlando Pride one, Houston Dash two. Oh Houston Dash, man. Where did they come from? <laughs> Where did they come from? But also Orlando. You know, they're not really playing like a playoff team, even though they're in playoff position right now. They have the roster that they have. They have the roster that they have, and they started Alex Morgan and, and Marta. You've got Alana Kennedy kind of backing up the midfield. You know, I think a little bit more should be happening for them, especially against the Dash. I don't want to discount the Dash. They... They've been making interesting moves. I like how they picked up Polkinghorn. Huerta's kind of, she started off pretty well for them. But you know what, though? The scoreline, the, they equalized on that Kalia Ohai goal that made uh, at least the ESPNW top 10. I don't know if it made SportsCenter. Did you see this? It was a Schross. I was watching this match before the Thorns match, and it was, it cracked me up. It absolutely cracked me up. It was pretty funny if you're uh, not a Orlando fan. Yeah, if you're not an Orlando fan, it was hilarious. Uh, and and the second like, goal was a penalty. So, so I like how Houston is being disruptive right now. Um, I think Houston plays everybody in the league one more time. Um, I think they're like this one team that everybody gets to play one more time. And so I kind of, I kind of hope that they continue to be disruptive because some things have gotten very predictable and I really don't like that about this league. Well, we'll get to the North Carolina Courage game soon enough. Yeah, God. But okay, Utah Royals zero, Seattle Reign zero. I didn't watch this one. I'm kind of glad. Utah tried to push Seattle back. They, I think they especially didn't want Megan Reno. Megan Reno? Megan Reno. Janet Reno's long-lost sister. I think they especially didn't want Megan Rapino to be able to push high on the left where she can create so much danger or she can just drift in. Uh, I think Utah was sunk a little bit because Amy Rodriguez, she's not 
the most ruthless finisher in front of goal. And even though her and Press have so much potential already, their timing just isn't quite right with each other. If they work that out, I think Utah makes a good run for top four. They're number five right now, 21 points. Chicago and Orlando both have 22 at four and three. So I think that's that's the pair to watch for them. So it, it could go either way. How long do you think it will take for Press and Rodriguez to get on the same page? They better do it within the next one or two games because we're in the last third of the season. I I mean, if if this season continues the way it has been, it's going to come down to the last like week. Yeah, for spots two, three, and four anyway. Right? Like it's, well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> at what, again, at what point does North Carolina clinch the shield? With math. Right? I thought we calculated that at one point. It's like in three games ago they clinched it i think it, we calculated when we think they're mathematically locked into playoff position but not oh right at yeah. like 37 points 30 or 39 like or like compared to last season that's when that's how many points number four had correct yes so somewhere around there okay they're so close it's gonna be in the next like two matches we're gonna just ship them uh-huh. wait they got the shield last year I know you're. I know you're so eager to talk about North Carolina, but we got one more game to go before we can get to them. And I know you're gonna want to talk about this one because Portland Thorns won, Sky Blue won. Oh, so painful, so painful. What is going on with Portland? Well, the number one thing that came to mind the moment you said that was that Cernogorsevich can't score. Cernogorsevich can't score. It's painful. Like, you watch her play in Germany for years, and she's a gold machine. And you see how hard she's trying. Like, she's trying so fucking hard to score a goal. And just, it's not, there's, it's not coming together for her. And I mean, there are moments of brilliance. Like, last week when she dummied and then Tobin scored a goal, Mm -hmm. and it was gorgeous, right? Mm Mm-hmm. But that's not what you want from a striker. Like, you don't want a dummy striker. Oh, I see what you did there. Yeah, see? Mm-hmm. See? Sky Blue. How did Sky Blue score? Was it a PK? Yeah, Lloyd got had a penalty in the 77th minute. Right, 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 right. Lloyd dove. Sure. That is the, one interpretation of what happened. The diver that is Carly Lloyd. You know, just, it's... So that was one of those matches where, as a Thorns fan, I'm convinced that we should have been up three to nothing in the first half, mm-hmm. and gone into the locker room pretty relaxed, pretty confident, pretty chill, and then just been able to come out and like play around. Even though it was Sky Blue, with apologies to Sky Blue, do you think Portland came out discombobulated? Because first of all, Tobin Heath was a late scratch for this game, and then we had Weber replacing Menges, I think, at the last moment, and it kind of shifted around their their defense how much do you do you think that had an impact should it have had the impact that it had I don't think it had a huge impact I do think that the team is is unbalanced um and I don't know if I necessarily mean unbalanced in terms of like in position on the field Mm -hmm. as much as I mean they haven't found their footing even though it's two-thirds of the way through the season. I know! This is taking so long. I mean, talk about late bloomer. 
Oh, it's just it's <laughs> super frustrating. Just, just waiting for the glow up. Just waiting. <sighs> waiting. Waiting on you guys. Just waiting. Just waiting. All we're doing is waiting. Mm-hmm. Wishing and hoping. If if Cerna Gorsevich just has a couple good games. Not even asking for consistency, just a couple good games. There are just only nine games left mm. in the Thorns' regular season. Are you so, emotionally prepared for Portland possibly not making playoffs? I mean, they gave us the fucking final, so I prepared for it that day. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah, okay. Well, now we can talk about your favorite team in the league. Orlando Pride 0, North Carolina Courage 3, and a bonkers blitz of scoring. It was stupid. But how many how many minutes did it take? I think it literally took three minutes for three goals. Yeah, three minutes for three. Oh, God, it was... Like, if it didn't take three <sighs> minutes, it took, like, four, technically. So, who cares, like, how many minutes it took because the number is, like, under 10 for three goals. Or the number is even under 45 for three goals. What is in the North Carolina, like, Gatorade, man? Barbecue sauce? They're not feeding them water. It's barbecue sauce. Carolina barbecue sauce. Is it the vinegary sauce or is it the super sweet sauce? I think it's the vinegary one. I'm looking it up because I'm not about to say the wrong thing. I don't think it's like saucy saucy. I think it's like vinegary saucy. I think North Carolina is vinegary. The internet is saying it's vinegary. If you're from North Carolina and that's wrong, it's not me. It's the internet. The internet is wrong. So guys, stop eating vinegar or no not guys um the team should stop having barbecue vinegary barbecue they should get some of the like sweet barbecue and see if that changes the way they play okay for science yeah that's the scientific method baby that is the scientific method it's it's about sports science oh three minutes three goals (laughs) in three minutes and after this game We'll get to that one in a second. They got Heather O'Reilly back. Can you imagine having a bench so deep that Heather O'Reilly is like a 15-minute bench player for you? And not because she's getting her legs back? Yeah, it's just because, you know, that's what you can afford to do. I just can't wait for Mia Hamm to get out of retirement because she wants to live in North Carolina. (laughs) Move from L.A. to North Carolina for a few months a year. You know what? L.A. may not really have traditional barbecue although i'm sure you can find good barbecue in la because they have korean barbecue that's what i was about to say they have good korean barbecue in la and it's probably some of the best in the world it's even better maybe than the korean barbecue you can find in korea because american beef is better quality than korean beef they don't have the farmland to really raise like free-range grass-fed cows don't we get our free-range grass-fed cows from Japan, though? I don't know if those cows are free-range. I, the Kobe? After, the Kobe after this, you're going to send me down a Wikipedia hole, like, looking up <laughs> <laughs> different kinds of high-quality beef. We're just, we're going to do our own episode of Ugly Delicious right now. We should do a Two Drunk Fans food episode, like the food oh in, each, in each city, you know, for each team. We should just reminisce about the food. It's our next Kickstarter. Where have, we, where have we had barbecue? Houston and Rochester, New York. <laughs> we don't need to talk about the barbecue in Rochester, New York. We need to talk about the next game. 
It wasn't bad. Like, no, it was good. I'm just bad. thinking about like the circumstances under which we had it. I thoroughly enjoyed the mm-hmm. circumstances under which we had the barbecue in Rochester, New York. Utah Royals 3, Sky Blue 1. Wow, you are such a drill sergeant. I mean, some people like that. <laughs> uh, okay, Utah Royals 3, Sky Blue 1. Yeah, so I feel I was like... so pissed. Pissed at which team? At Sky Blue. For? How do they come to Providence Park and draw the thorns and then go to fucking Salt Lake and lose 3-1? to one? Um, Okay, I'm going to suggest something here that, that might have said more about portland than it did about sky blue hey you know what my emotions my rules <laughs> that's the name of the episode my emotions my rules <laughs> my emotions my rules i get to rant whenever i want to rant okay i mean this is the we were just talking about you know press and a-rod and efficacy but you know a-rod didn't start this game it was press stangle and tim rack Press early goal, and then Katie Stangle had quite a night. Look, with all due respect to her, she played for Boston and everything. You know, Katie Stangle's not the player you expect to have a brace on on the night on any given night, no. and yet, you know, here she was. So, congrats. Uh, Carly Lloyd pulled back their one goal. This time, it was not a penalty due to diving, allegedly. <laughs> nope, you said it. Allegedly, You're on my team. I said allegedly. You're on my team. If you say you allegedly, it. <laughs> it's a get out of jail free card. <laughs> but you said it after that's, the fact. That's the law. If you say allegedly. You said it after the fact. It's not after the fact. I said it at the like as part of the statement. What no, do you mean after you the fact? Not. There's no appreciable gap in time between the original statement there and the allegedly. There was a gap. You're no, just going to delete was... it when you edit this. I'm going to put a gap in you. Anyway. <laughs> Seattle Rain 1, Portland Thorn 0. How's that for a gap? The gap in scoreline between Seattle why, and Portland. Why you gotta kick me when I'm down? The why same way I Megan Klingenberg kicked Allie you? Long? <laughs> oh, God. I mean, we'll talk was, about that in a hot second. It was a brutal match. It was brutal. Bru- it was not pretty. Like There is never a pretty game at Memorial. That pitch is shit. And... That was just it was it I I, mm, I had zero fun on Saturday night. I I think you're right. It was physically rough. I think the ref uh, did not, you know, protect the players on either side very well, and I think Portland let down eighty French. Uh yeah, I think eighty French stood on her head. Well, not on her head so much as like had go go gadget arms. She had. Good hands. She's been demonstrating some good, safe, sticky hands since she got back in the net. And I really like it, and I hope Jill Ellis is watching. Chicago Chicago Red Stars, 2. Washington Spirit, 0. I want to point out, I nailed this score prediction exactly. The other well, six, wrong. You're special. But this one. You're special. I'm 1 for 7. 1 for 7. That's a gr- great, great, that's... Uh, I would take you to Vegas. Okay, yeah, sure. You would, you would, you would earn your keep in Vegas. Wow, you don't have to put it that way. Okay, <laughs> but I did, and I do. We should go to Vegas. 
But I, I mean, there were some really nice goals in this. Casey Shore, Yuki Nagasato, the diving header. The diving header was pretty fantastic. Yeah. I mean, Chicago really needed to enjoy this game while they could because their their next one was against um, North Carolina Courage, which actually... I was really hoping that they were going to use the momentum from this game, though, into the next yeah. match. That's technically game eight that we're going into, but I guess since it happened, we should talk about it because... I mean, I'm totally fine ignoring it if uh, the NWSL standings table will ignore it. <laughs> you don't want to talk about North Carolina 4, Chicago 1? It's just dumb. I know. And she- North Carolina did it again with, like, really quick goals, one right after the other. It was uh, the 67th and the 69th minute, just bing, bang, boom. And then of course How do you how do you how do you practice that? Like how do you prepare for that? Is that just this like adrenaline? Like do they have like a code word that just says, "Okay, now." I wonder if a little bit is a mental game because they've done it enough that now teams when they get scored on by North Carolina in particular, maybe they're they get more rattled than they would be by a goal against versus any other team. And so North right. Carolina has practiced very well on how to take advantage of that moment of insecurity and just press and press and press. Do it again. Do it again. Exactly. Just... They're really good at exploiting your insecurities. They are. Damn it, Paul Riley. <laughs> they just look at you and they know like, oh, you're afraid you're going to die alone. Stop it. <laughs> Stop um, it. Like, oh, you're afraid that you peaked in high school and that you'll never find success as an adult. Oh, okay. I'm just like, oh. a little close to home. Um. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I like the, um, so, um, okay, um. Okay, well, that was the week. A lot of soccer. Let, let's talk about, I think, the big story to come out of these games. Other than North Carolina outscoring everybody by a collective, like, 50 goals to two. They end having a million more points than everyone I at know. this point in the season. I mean, look at this. They have 39 points at number one with 16 games played. Seattle is on 14 games played and they have 23 points. Even if they catch up to NC with their games in hand, so two more games, and they get six full points out of that, they'll still be only on 29 points. They'll still be 10 points back. Yeah. So they'll, they'll be four games back. Let's not think about that for a moment. Let's it's just math. Let, let, let's think about something a lot more uplifting, like mm, a player getting suspended for a game for, you know, violent conduct. Here's my thing. Why aren't red cards being issued this year? I think that's an important question to ask. Someone I pointed think the out- only red card that's been issued was after the match to mark parsons in the very first game so the suspension according to nwsl's announcement is technically for violent conduct that was determined to be a major game misconduct i think it's a i mean just watching it that's a red cardable offense and i think someone had a good point that one game is you know not necessarily a just punishment because if she gets a red card right then she has to go out of that game and she has to sit out the next game. But this way, the disco way, she's technically serving less of a penalty than she would have if she had gotten the red card in the moment. Yeah, she's serving a 90-minute penalty, whereas otherwise she should have served 
a 120 minute penalty. It, it was longer. It was apparently in the 30. 13th minute of the match. Jesus. Right. I so, knew it was early on, and I was like, you shouldn't be this heated already. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, you know what Seattle is doing. You know the game they're playing. Calm yourself. Yeah. I've seen some complaints like, well, Allie Long, like, you know, swiped at her too or something. But it's very much a case of you, you can't retaliate. You have to be a grown-ass adult for the sake well, of your team. Because it's about I who agree. gets caught. It's not about who started it. Right. I, I agree. It's about being a grown-ass adult and being, you know, self-aware of your own feelings and your own rising anger and everything. But a lot of shit has happened in NWSL this year that hasn't been disciplined. Yeah. I think, one, Klingenberg should have gotten at least two games, and two... This demonstrates yet more inconsistency from the disco. And the disco just doesn't operate with enough transparency for us to, to trust any of their process either. Who who is the disco? They won't disclose. I've asked for I've asked the league for like who's on your disciplinary committee and they've declined to comment before. I think maybe to prevent people from harassing the disco so that they can like be completely neutral or whatever. But I would love to know, yeah, it's uh, it's officials. It's uh, NWSL leadership. It's college coaches reviewing the tape and then coming up with a judgment. Yeah, is the disco actually like... Like who submits something to the disco? Apparently the team that suffered the injury is the one that has to submit a request for a review, as I understand it. See, that's another thing, like... We're not super clear on disco procedures, and there was additional confusion because Mark Parsons today said that the Thorns weren't aware that the suspension was coming down until it happened, basically. What a way to operate a disciplinary committee. Right? To be like, whoopsie-daisy, here you go. This team has been practicing with this player in the roster for four days to prepare for a match in 48 hours. Although, here's my question, though. I think everybody on Twitter knew beforehand that the disciplinary committee was probably going to look at this. Well, maybe it wasn't official. I think everybody was just like, is the disco going to look at this? And then they... Right. I think it was like Groundhog's Day. Yeah. So, here's the actual quote. This is from uh, Caitlin Best's Twitter. Parsons said, I won't put a timestamp on when we found out. I don't want to commit to that. The first time we heard was when she had been suspended which is different to almost every other situation like this before. Just like you said, it impacts how they prepare for the next game. I think it's... So, In on the MLS side, there's VAR, right? Mm-hmm. And you at least get to review something in the moment and then hand down some sort of penalty or some sort of foul. Right, a card, some sort of discipline in the moment. NWSL is operating under this guise of, you know, we've seen some games get out of hand quickly. And I don't know if it's a pro referee thing. I don't know if it's a league saying, like, no, we're just, we need to have more competitive matches. Like, I can't see a positive 
as to why pro referees would be backing off on trying to control the matches, but it has been a thing this year. And I'm shocked that the Klingenberg uh, incident um, with Allie Long was right on sideline, right next to the sideline official. And the referee was the center, the center official was 10 yards away. How is this not something that's being called? It during the match, I was actually furious because they called a foul uh, on Megan Klingenberg. Allie Long went down, called, screamed at the center official to come over, pointed at her bloody knee, and then Klingenberg got the yellow. I was like, "How are you not called? Like, how how is there delay in making that call?" So this brings up an interesting point. We've been discussing diving me and a couple of other NWSL writers because of the World Cup and you know there does tend to be more diving in the men's game but it it was brought up that sometimes players dive because they feel it's the only way to get an actual foul call from the ref you know uh if the ref has not accurately been calling fouls previously in the game so then players start to feel like I have to go down more easily I have to maybe exaggerate so that the ref will actually notice that yes this game is getting too physical so when refs don't control the game like that that's yet another way that it impacts the quality of the game beyond the actual fouls and then starts to affect that the the way that the players play I think that's a, a pretty legitimate point, and, you know, I'm not really a big fan of diving. I know a lot of people argue, like, it's fine, it's just another part of the entertainment, but my personal opinion is I don't really enjoy it, so I would hate to see more of it creep in, because the players feel like the game is not being controlled, so they have to take matters into their own hands. Mm-hmm. And I think... I think it's a really dangerous, slippery slope to go down, especially in the women's game where I would say less than 10% of the players are, I can't believe I'm saying this, skilled at diving um, or do it on a, on a fairly consistent basis, right? And it, it's just, it's one of those things that's like, look, we don't need that element in the women's game. You also brought up that Portland's been practicing for days now under the assumption that they're going to have Kling available, which points to why is the timing so spread out on this? Seattle Rain Portland Thorns was Saturday, June 30th, and then the disco ruling came down Thursday, July 5th. So that's one, two, three, four, five days. So I'm wondering, what was the timing on this? When did Seattle submit a complaint? I think footage... Like, an actual gif of the foul started circulating pretty much the day after the game. So back in 2017, wow. I'm saying back in 2017, but it was less than a year ago that we were talking about this. Uh, do you remember Tyler Lucy pulling yep. Nicole Prico down by the hair? That was another incident of the disco kind of falling down on the job. Because So I asked the league about their uh, procedure, and they said that the committee typically convenes every Monday or the next day following a midweek game if needed. 
what was the timing on the complaint? Is is the ruling coming down this late because Seattle was like, mm, do we want a complaint or not? Maybe there there should also be a time limit on complaints as well because then you could fuck with your opponent, right? What if you wait as long as possible so the other team practices with the assumption that they're going to have the player available? Then you submit a complaint two days before game day and if we sell Disco, it's like, oh, they review it the next day. So 24 hours before the game, a player you assume is available is out. So I think there, if if there isn't in place already, there probably should be a time limit on, okay, you have to submit a complaint within 48 hours of a game. Sure. But I would say within 48 hours of the game here may not have had much of an impact because if the, if the group met on Monday, just thinking about the calendar and logistics, if the group met on Monday... And the complaint wasn't filed until, like, let's say Monday night. And then the group met again today because there was a game last night. I think I think it needs to be less than 48 hours. I think it needs to be before that Monday deadline or whatever that next day is. Well, here's my other issue. We're in the 21st century. Technology exists. I am talking to you Boston to Portland, right? And we in do this real time. in real time regularly. Like my voice goes up to a satellite in space and comes down to you almost instantaneously. Is that how it works? Yeah. It goes through a series of tubes. A series of tubes. I love um, it. So it's like we're we're playing telephone with the string in the cup. Why does the disco need any more than twenty four hours to look at footage, talk to each other, and hand down a decision? They should be pretty light on their feet unless there's some serious debate going on about something whether something is or isn't you know or or how much the punishment should be pretty much they should have the footage veiled to them immediately right mm-hmm. um maybe they need time because they want to go to they want to get the raw footage and they want it from multiple angles if, if possible so i can understand maybe there's a time delay on that but I don't understand why the league isn't lighter on their feet dealing with this just from the fact that technology enables you to have group conversations very quickly and efficiently. Could you imagine the group, the disco group chat? <laughs> the disco WhatsApp. Oh my God. So I yeah, I, look, I don't want to say that it's an easy thing to do. But at the same time, I think you and I have laid out a lot of things that that raise questions on why it takes so long. And it seems like it's pulling teeth every single time to try. Well, and... and it's just so fucking inconsistent about when something happens. Like it, you're, like you said, it is the 21st century. Why? Mm, why do why do teams have to submit things to the disco? And I kind of I kind of get that. I kind of get the answer to that question. But it makes me still question, like, are dis are, are is the disco can the disco find something on their own and say, hey, whoa, whoa, look at this. This thing wasn't this wasn't cool. This wasn't taken care of or addressed during the match. We we need to we need to come up with some sort of retroactive thing. So Lucy ended up getting a three-game ban for pulling Colaprico down by her braid, and I think she stepped on her, although that could have been accidental. I think probably they handed it down for the the tug on the hair. Very, very intentional. But how is pulling someone's hair any less intentional than 
than deliberately kicking someone after the play is essentially stopped. Like, it's pretty clear that the ball's nowhere near, and Klingenberg just lashes out at her frustration. So I don't see what's the difference between one game and three game. That's one of the problems of transparency. There's precedents, but they don't seem to mean anything. So I guess Yahtzee? Yahtzee, bingo, let's go to Vegas. I think the moral of my story from recording tonight is we need to go to Vegas. That you have really good odds on your favor, and we should always place a bet on whether or not the disco is going to pop its little head out from the hole, and we're going to get six more weeks of winter. I'm, I'm pretty lucky, naturally. Um, my, uh, my, my club team folded, so... I have great luck. <laughs> so when we go to Vegas, I will just vote or I vote. I will just bit bet on things opposite you. You yeah. go red, I go black. Okay. You go even, I go odd. It's all math. It's all math. I'm I'm good at math. I'm not good at math. Well, we'll we'll, we'll let you count cards at some point. <laughs> I should walk into a casino wearing an MIT shirt and see what happens. Oh my god! Because I, I really want to. I want to get. I really want to film that. Yeah, I really, really, really want to go now. Let's go. <laughs> meet, uh, meet me in Vegas. All right. So that was the weekend NWSL. Um, you want to make some quick score predictions? Very quick, because I have to pee. Okay, great. There's actually only one, two, three, four games this upcoming weekend. Yay! Do we oh. have any midweek games next week that we maybe want to record? Now? Yeah, there's three midweek games next week. Oh, actually. we should record early. All right, next so week, we'll, let's look at our little spreadsheet. I'm doing pretty well, by the way. You always do. <laughs> I don't know why we do this anymore because you always do pretty darn well, by the way. Just let me have this, man. I so many other things in my life are going wrong. <laughs> Just let me have this, okay? <laughs> all right, all right. So all we right, have, all right. we have Portland at home. Utah coming to play them on Friday. What you got? Uh, altitude. Altitude is going to be a factor. <laughs> Portland's at home. I know. I know. God, Laura Harvey's in town. Kristen Press is in town. Amy Rodriguez is in town. Becky South. Three to town. nothing, Portland. Wow. Wow. Because we're gonna have a healthy Emily Mangas, a healthy Emily Sonnet. We're gonna have Tobin Heath back. Uh-huh. We're gonna have a full roster except for Megan Klingenberg. I feel like you're a kid asking like what happened to her pet, and I'm a <laughs> parent who has like just panicking on the spot trying to think of. Like, do I tell her the truth about, or do I try to mix it and be like, explain something with a metaphor for heaven? Or do I just lie and say they went to someone else's house? No, the pet, the pet is fine. The pet might be wearing the cone of shame right now, but it doesn't mean the pet is dead. Oh my God. Portland is like your dog that you love, but right now has to wear the cone. That's okay. The cone, the cone could just be because... There was a, a questionable lump somewhere. I'm sorry, dude. I'm just going to say... Just rip it off fast like a Band-Aid. Two-two tie. Oh, that's not too bad. No, no, right? Okay. I'll just have... I'll just poop my pants twice. That's mm-hmm. okay. 
And now we have sky blue at home with Chicago Red Stars visiting. Keep in mind, Chicago has played two pretty intense games already, though. They had one Sunday. They had one Wednesday. So now... Uh, Finishing up their road trip. They only have two days of rest, basically Thursday, Friday, and then Saturday they have to play Sky Blue. But it is Sky Blue. Well, we said that about Portland and Sky Blue, too. Yeah, so I'll, I'll go first this time. Give Sky Blue some credit. I'm sorry, Sky Blue. Three to one for Chicago. Uh, I'm going to say two to one, Chicago. Okay, I see you. Ch- I see you. Chicago. Chicago. Then we have Orlando Pride at home hosting Washington Spirit. Remember when Spirit were like gonna be somebody? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just North Carolina looking at them and being like, "Remember when you were gonna be somebody?" Didn't really pan out for you guys though, did it? And be like, "Oh." Remember when you thought they were gonna be a contender? I didn't say they were gonna be a contender. I said I thought they might, you know, be better than you thought that they were gonna be. <laughs> You said they were going to be a contender. I, and I never said go that they were going to make playoffs. Or okay, I'm going to find a, the tape. Make a score, make a score prediction. A make a score prediction. <laughs> um, Orlando won. Washington won. Okay. Okay. Is Orlando going to be the Orlando we've seen lately? Or are they going to pull it together against Washington? That's always the question, isn't it? I don't know. Their hashtag is no excuses. They're at home. They're probably a little bit pissed off right now. No excuses. Two to one for Orlando. All right. Now we have Seattle Rain, Houston Dash, Seattle at home. I'll go first. I think it'll be kind of a a close one, but I'll still say two one for Seattle. I'm gonna say three to one. Three to three to one Seattle. Okay. Okay. So those are our score predictions for the next four games. We're so predictable. Are we? Yeah, I guess so. I'm pretty predictable. It's the teams. The teams are unpredictable. Uh, I don't like change. <laughs> the only team that, God, is fucking North Carolina on bye this weekend? Yep. What? So they won't get three points. <laughs> they can't get three <laughs> points this weekend for because they're not playing. Stop. I'm trying to be positive. <laughs> well, it's just there's no way nobody nobody loves a team that does that. I think plenty of their fans love them for doing that. I know. I loved it last year when it was Portland. Okay. Though that's our score predictions. I guess let's all tune in to see how wrong, wrong, wrong we are this time. In the meantime, I'm gonna try really hard to remember what my score predictions were this week. In the meantime, I hope it fucking cools the hell down. I am Dude, come out here. It's only like 80. Ugh. I'm just sitting here. I wore a sweater like, to work today. Uh, you know how Pigpen has the dirt cloud that just follows him everywhere and peanuts? <laughs> That's yeah. me, but like with a, a moist sweat cloud that just kind of comes with me. Gross. Like this aura of moistness that That's disgusting. Like hovers just above my skin. <laughs> That's disgusting, yo. 